Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is. Good. 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 To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The 2 1. Swag lane drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the throw to the plate. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Well, looky here, you have found us again on the Powers on Sports Podcast. My name is Jason Powers. I'm your host down here in Tampa, Florida. We appreciate you finding us on the variety of podcast platforms that you may be exploring. Google, Apple, Stitcher, Red Circle, Spotify, and any other great podcast platform that you may utilize. So thanks for finding us. Powers on Sports Podcast. We are in for a good episode this week. We got lots of things going on in the sports world. We have the NBA playoffs starting. We are going to be talking to Deshaun Tate, a basketball analyst and reporter out of the Atlanta area about all things NBA. We're going to talk play-in tournament. We're going to talk MVP selection. We're going to talk about just the quality of play in the league. So you're going to hear that interview here in just a minute or two. So check that out. We've got Stanley Cup playoffs are in full force all over the East and the West here in the United States and Canada. Remember, they are playing in four eight-division. They were put in four eight-team divisions, and they are now playing their playoffs to see who gets out of each division. The top four teams from each division will play each other to get a winner, and then we'll get to the final four where we will hopefully be able to implement have some travel to and from Canada. We should be hearing from uh, the Canadian government here in the next week or so about what the status is for the Canadian teams to be able to travel to the United States and vice versa, because we will have to have the Canadian teams either come to the United States for in a bubble circumstance like last year, or if the border gets opened up, then we will have some free travel. We have fans in and out of these arenas throughout the country, limited seating at a lot of these arenas, but from Tampa all the way to Edmonton, Montreal and Toronto, we got Nashville and Carolina, we got the Islanders in Pittsburgh, Washington and Boston, just an array of good rivalries throughout the country and throughout Canada as we get these playoffs going. NBA playoffs start this weekend in full force. We got the play-in situation going on now. We had... Washington and Indiana are playing to see who gets the eight seed in the East. And we have Golden State and Memphis playing in the uh, West to see who becomes the eight seed with the Lakers and Boston already advancing to the seven seeds due to their win early on. So uh, baseball, we've had our sixth no-hitter already, which is unbelievable to think we're only in you know mid-May. and We've already had six no-hitters. We've had the, uh, the Chicago White Sox controversy with Tony La Russa and one of his players, Yerman Mercedes, who swung on 3-0 and against the uh, position player for the Twins, throwing the 47-mile-an-hour EFIS pitch. La Russa was screaming, not to, screaming for the take sign on 3-0 and the other night. It was 15-4 to in the ninth inning. Mercedes swings away and hits one about 400 feet, and he gets blasted by La Russa afterwards. 
the twins retaliate the next day and there we have it so is LaRusa right is your mean Hernandez right is LaRusa out of touch how will that affect the White Sox you know clubhouse moving forward be very interesting to see you know I'm probably a fan of uh, not swinging on three and0 apparently I saw a stat that was like the first time in like thir- 20 years plus that d- a three and0 count when a team was up by 10 plus runs that a batter had actually swung at a pitch three and0 he was the first guy to swing at a pitch in like 20 years in that scenario so there's something to be said about that the uh, other part of this equation is did Mercedes hear LaRusa say the take sign and swung anyway that's the big question coming out of that locker room so only LaRusa and only her uh, Mercedes know that so we'll see how that kind of festers so lots of stuff going on the Preakness was last weekend we had a uh, Medina Spirit came in third so we will not have a triple crown winner Bob Baffert has now been suspended from the Belmont so he'll none of his horses will be able to he or none of his horses will be able to go to the Belmont. He's already been suspended from Churchill Downs. We've not heard any results from that second drug test from Medina Spirit that came up negative or positive on the first go around. That should be coming out any day now. So lots of stuff going on. The PGA Championship is now underway in Kiowa in South Carolina. So round one is in the books. So it will be an exciting weekend with all that wind in Kiowa. If you never you don't know what Kiowa is, check out YouTube. The 1991 Ryder Cup was a historic, memorable event at Kiowa. They hosted the PGA uh, back in, I think, 2012 when Rory McIlroy won big. So Kiowa is a big uh, big golf venue in South Carolina. Be a nice weekend of golf activities there at Kiowa. So check out the PGA Championship. Not a whole lot going on in the uh, NFL world. Tim Tebow finally signed. With the Jaguars today, again, my opinion, who cares? Again, that locker room, Urban Meyer, that coaching staff will know within about two weeks whether Tim Tebow is marginally competitive as far as playing or not. If he is marginally competitive, he'll survive a little longer. If it's clear as day that he's not being very competitive in these physical drills, once they get to training camp, they're going to cut him. He, Urban Meyer will not make the mistake of alienating in a locker room of 55, 50, 55 guys by keeping Tim Tebow if it's clear as day he has no chance and can't play in that league. But if he is competitive, I can see him making it through training camp. And if he's competitive in some of these preseason games coming up, I could definitely see him making the roster as a third tight end. You know, whether it's a business venture for Shad Khan or not, or whether it's a football move, whether it's a leadership deal, trying to develop a culture in Jacksonville, who knows. But what's the big deal? In my opinion, it's not that big a deal. It's not going to cause that much of a circus. Uh, But get over it. Tim Tebow going to training camp with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So enjoy this interview. Deshaun Tate, we're going to talk all things. We talked all things NBA. So enjoy our chat, my chat with Deshaun Tate, and thanks for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Powers on Sports podcast. We really appreciate it. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Before we get back to the episode, want to mention Titan Home Lending. If you have any home financing needs in the state of Florida, reach out to me, Jason Powers, 
Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. I can help you with a home purchase, with a refinance, with a cash out refinance, with a renovation loan, a VA loan, FHA loan, conventional loan, and virtually anything in between relative to home financing. So reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Or you can reach me on email at jpowers at titanhl.com. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Back to another edition of the Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you joining us. We have a good episode for you tonight. We're going to talk a little NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs are in getting ready to be in full bloom we got some play-in tournament action going on right now leading into the weekend when the full-blown uh, playoffs will begin. we got a great guest to talk all things NBA with you tonight, Deshaun Tate. He's a basketball analyst and reporter out of Atlanta. Deshaun uh, has his own podcast, which I'll let him promote a little bit once we get going. But uh, welcome back to the podcast, Deshaun. No, I appreciate you for having me. Been looking forward to it ever since you reached out and said we're going to put something together. I know that we did some stuff during uh, March Madness, and yep. uh, that was a success, and I expect nothing different out of this episode. So been looking forward to it. I appreciate you for having me. Tell us tell us the name of your podcast, where they can find it, the podcast. It's called Tate's Take. Um, you can find it anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. That is Tate. T-A-T-E, like state without the S, put apostrophe S on the end of that, and then T-A-K-E, Tate's Take. Uh, we like to call it Where Basketball Lives, and um, we stream live uh, every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Occasionally have some pretty awesome guests, so you never know who you're going to uh, find on there that I have booked uh, for that particular segment. We go actually uh, recapping for the playoffs 15 minutes at the end of the night. Uh, we will recap every playoff game that was played that day. Uh, so follow along on our social media platforms, uh, Tate's Take Hoops, uh, at Tate's Take Hoops. We call it where basketball lives and uh, just trying to ramp up the subscription. So tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell your baby mama where they can find the best, <laughs> the most entertaining, the most informational and the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. Yeah, Deshaun does a great job. He's had guys like Jay Billis on. He's had coaches on. So he's he's pretty wired into the, the college basketball world. And I know he's wired into the pro basketball world as well. So definitely uh, subscribe to the podcast. for sure. All right, let's get right into it. Before we get to the playoffs, I want to get to a couple takes just on some league-wide topics, a couple league-wide things. Let's first of all talk MVP. You got, you know, you got Jokic, you got Embiid, you got the reemergence of Steph Curry. Uh, you got had a great year out of Chris Paul. You obviously have the old school guy. I mean, obviously LeBron James, but, you know, injury wise, that probably is going to take him out of the mix. Where do you lie on the MVP race this year? Yeah, I think it's a 1A, 1B right now between um, between uh, Embiid and, uh, and, and, and Steph Curry. Uh, because Steph Curry is what we've seen the most recent of, and I know that he's going to get a little bit higher consideration because of his style of play, uh, you know, big guys. I don't think that we've seen an MVP, uh, uh, from a center that have won it since like Shaquille O'Neal back in the early two thousands or something. And so that's not a knock on Embiid. He's certainly deserving to an extent. It's kind of hard to argue that he shouldn't be, but what we've seen Steph Curry do over the course of honestly everybody's talking about the last 10 games or last 20 games I feel like we've been seeing it all year uh, a lot of criticism his way 
uh, um, leading up to uh, this year uh, because he has that, you know, Kevin Durant around him and Clay Thompson. Well, those are two guys that he has not had. And so you have to give them credit because they're winning games. Is it the same amount of games? No. But what he's been doing, uh, I think, is, is, is really hard to duplicate. But then you do have Chris Paul right there. And, I, I mean, he's – I want to put him into consideration so badly because you start looking at his experience, how long he's been in the game, his age, to imagine the things that he's doing right now for, you know, for a team that did not make it uh, to the playoffs, even though they were very close last year. Now being in consideration, you know, for, for uh, one of the top two seeds in the Western Conference, it's just hard to fathom that it couldn't be him. Uh, but certainly within those three, I know Jokic and maybe a couple other guys, but right now I think it's 1A and 1B between Steph Curry and uh, and, and Joe Embiid. I think, yeah, I mean, it's funny how Jokic is getting, I mean, sounds like Jokic from the, just listening to some national people, being that he's played the whole season, he hasn't been out with a, an extended stay of injury you know I know Embiid had a 10 or 15 game stretch Curry had a 10 or 15 game stretch where he was out for a while where Jokic just played the whole year why doesn't Jokic get more of some more love everybody looks at Jokic he's a he's a he doesn't look pretty he's not he's not the most physical looking guy in the world but he's just such a skilled player passes shoots scores he's at he's kind of tucked away in Denver kind of a no-name market not a very huge market basketball wise why is it Jokic getting more love? I think it's for the same reasons that you just mentioned. Uh, the market, and he's not really, you know, the fancier, the flashy guy, probably can't even jump over the cell phone that we're recording this whole episode <laughs> on. Um, but nonetheless, when you start talking about guys with high IQs uh, and, and distributes the ball probably better, if not as well as he scores it, which I think speaks a lot of volume uh, about his game. But uh, I think that those are just some of the reasons. I mean, you know, if, if we're talking about Denver being number one in the West or in contention for top two, we'll probably be having a different conversation, maybe. And I do think that that is unfair a little bit, by the way, because this isn't about what the team has done or where right. the team should be. And in all fairness, I mean, Steph Curry just pretty much solidified their spot as a seventh seed. Uh, and so they're not even nearly as close, but that's when you start comparing the style of play, the game style and so forth. And, uh, you know, right now with what the game appears to be about is flashy, fancy, uh, what gets people excited, what moves the needle, you know, seven foot guys who uh, appear to be slow, despite having good hands and good footwork amongst other things are just not things that, 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 that really, you know, starts the car for very many people. Uh, it does that for me. So I can appreciate certainly his game. I can respect it. Uh, when you start talking about the numbers and so forth, I think it is still very close between that group of maybe four or five guys. Yep. Um, but, but even then, I, I, I just think that it's still such a reach considering the fact that not only the market and so forth, but even on top of that, some people would disagree because I know Oakland or, or Golden State comes on uh, really late, but a lot of those Denver games, they're not must-see TV. Right. So he's not a must-see guy if you're not a big basketball aficionado, if you will. And I think that that's going to hurt him when it comes to some of the votes, uh, especially having conversations like this amongst people who are just typical fans of basketball, not so much coaches and players within the league. All right, I want to move to the quality of play in the league. To me, 
the regular season has really, really kind of been devalued here in the la- these last couple of years. The style of play where so many three-pointers, up and down, track meets, there's games. I know for the fans, it's probably exciting to see scores in the 120s and 130s all the time. But to me, as a as a as an aficionado of the game, and I know you as well, does it bother you when the games get so far out of hand like that? When they get so when teams are scoring 150 points and you know there's so many games that are decided by 20 to 25 points in a night, the effort level just doesn't seem to be very high on the defensive end by most teams throughout the regular season. What are your just thoughts of the style of play and quality of play in the league as a whole? Yeah, I'm one of those people. I mean, thinking about it, listen, I'm going on 37 years old, years young, I guess, in the next two months or so. So I and and being from Michigan. So I grew up in that bad boys era where it was about defense, even in 2004. It's actually hard for us to imagine or fathom this, especially talking about the fact that we are clearly looking at uh, Ben Wallace getting into the Basketball Hall of Fame. That Pistons team, which really wasn't that long ago, back in 2004, was holding teams to under 70 <laughs> points. Now we're seeing Indiana Pacers night before last for 144 points. Yeah. We're seeing teams right now put up points as if this was the All-Star game numbers. Just imagine what those All-Star game numbers are going to go to within the next few years, next few calendars, if, if you will. So I'm not the biggest fan of it. I like to, uh, I, I do like the defensive anchor. I, I don't like the idea of a lot of different analysts and so forth calling a player, oh, well, this is the best two-way player in the league or two-way, right. everybody's two-way right. player. You're supposed to be a two-way player. Right. Defense is equally as a part of the game as offense is. And I don't see nearly enough people that hang their hats uh, on, on that side of the ball defensively as defensive anchors. If I asked you who the top five, which might be somewhat relatively easy, uh, but definitely top 10 best perimeter defenders in the league right now, it's going to be really hard. I mean, you're going to say you're Patrick Beverly and this person, you know, maybe some Avery Bradley sprinkled in here and there, maybe some Marcus Smart or whatever, right. what have you. But then after you get past that five or six, I feel like it's going to be a little bit tougher. And that never used to happen. I embrace that. I love that brand of basketball and it's different. I don't know if we're going to get back to it. It's much like this pandemic. I just know what we're in right now. I don't know what we're going to get back to at any point, uh, but it, it would be nice to see it get back to that point uh, at some point. And um, well, I I'm, guess just, what, I'm really what, not. What, in- what bothers me is, I get it that these guys are better sh- shot makers and more skilled than they were 20 years ago. And that's great. And m- so many great athletes. I just think the effort level, I mean, I'm not expecting guys to be locked down and hold teams to 90 points, but when, when, when these games are getting out of hand, when teams are scoring, like you said, 75 and 80 points and a half, that's just lack of effort. And not, I mean, it's almost like they have a gentleman's agreement. Hey, we're just going to run. It's going to be a track meet up and down the court. Yeah. And just don't yeah. get too close to me. Don't no, I don't want to yeah. land on your foot, get injured. It's, it's almost like they have a gentleman's agreement that the, that the effort level is yeah. going to be at best 50% on the defensive end. Yeah, not only that, I see a lot of guys that are playing get back basketball. So after a basket is made, it's automatically like, hey, let me get back on the other end. You know what I mean? And, and, and try and get a, a, a bucket on that end too. Uh, you know, credit to a guy like Colin Sexton too, who I think has that capacity competitive edge on the defensive end because I like the way that he gets down. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, it's it's also part of the league's fault. You know, you can't even breathe on a guy. You can't do anything. It used to be, well, we know Jordan, are, there's going to be rules for Jordan. We know there's going to be rules for LeBron. We know that there's going right. to be rules for, right. you know, for, for certain guys. 
but now you don't even have to be a superstar in this league in order to uh, in, in, in order to get certain calls. So I definitely do think I, I get trying to make it safer in this now, but at the end of the day, it's still basketball. Right. It's like, you can't even play basketball or make a basketball play anymore. Now everything is a flagrant one flagrant two. I think you can't even, uh, nowadays you can't even, uh, they're calling a technical or a flagrant. If you are hooking and locking arms with a guy, <laughs> I grew up in an era where that was just what Dennis Rodman did naturally. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I don't think that that's the worst thing in the world because it's teaching guys how to be more competitive in the end, get on the ground after loose balls amongst other things. But I do have a feeling that, and this may not necessarily be saying much, but I do have a feeling that we will, uh, get to a point, at least a little bit more of my liking, uh, in terms of, uh, the defensive wise, uh, when the playoffs start, because the game slows down, it's not as much up and down. Uh, transition uh, you know it, it is it's definitely more half court offenses and so forth uh, and every possession becomes more and more critical so uh, one thing another piece is I want to make sure I said this on your show too last year I noticed that that the playoffs were starting to get very somewhat unpredictable to a sense uh, and it kind of reminded it last year kind of had a little bit of a March Madness feel to it a little bit. Yeah. I got a feeling with some upsets amongst other yeah. things and games coming down to the buzzer, to the wire. I got a feeling that we're going to see much of that this year as well. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's the part that disappoints me is, is you see these teams are capable of doing it there. You're going to see good, some good defensive efforts in the playoffs. You're not going to see a lot of 135, 140 point games in the playoffs. Teams are going to lock down and it just bothers me that, the whole regular – I mean, I get there's stretches during the year when guys are tired and there's a long road trip where you throw away a game and don't play – but when it's that consistent along the lines throughout the whole regular season that teams just don't play defense for the most part. Again, there are a couple teams that, that put the effort in, like the Knicks. The Knicks is a great story this year because they are uh, uh, they are trying to play both sides of the, of the court, offensive and defense, and, and that's why they've made such an improvement. But it just bothers me when you see so, so many of these – teams that don't put little to no effort but yet in the playoffs they're going to put in the effort on the defensive end but all right play in tournament the lakers escape last night lakers are lucky lebron last night with the heave late to escape uh steph and the, and the warriors a great game if you i know late it was late for a lot of people on the east coast especially but it was a great finish lebron throws in a desperation three with about a minute to go and they hang on to win coming back from, I think they were down 12 at the half. Curry played really well and the Warriors played really well. Your thoughts of the play in tournament and then your thoughts on the Lakers warriors and obviously the Celtics, the Celtics knockout uh, advanced to the seven seed by knocking out Washington a couple nights ago. Yeah, I think that the play in tournament, I mean, I'm okay with it to give it a try, at least for now. I mean, they had, you know, some instances uh, of it last year and having it this year, I think it's something that's different. I don't think it's worth, you know, something that isn't, isn't worth trying. Uh, so I don't think that it's the worst idea in the world. I mean, it's going to take time. I wasn't the biggest fan of the play in games or the first four when it came to March Madness, but it's been 10 years. And so we've all kind of adjusted and, and change is, is a good thing in most cases. Um, not always. And I, I'm, I'm typically the person that's like, I like it to be the way that it was. I'm kind of always of, of that elk and that mentality. Uh, but I think that we kind of gauge and see where it lands this year. As long as it's not locked in into being a consistent thing going forward, 
I'm okay. I just think that we need to let it play out and finish uh, the rest of the year to see how exactly how that works out. Uh, now, as far as uh, last night's game, I mean, listen, it's, it, there's a reason for why Steph Curry has been in this conversation uh, of being the MVP. I think it really helps with the game that Andrew Wiggins had as well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, considering the fact that a lot of people have mixed emotions about him. I'm one of them, and I actually lean the other way, and that's not the optimism side of Andrew Wiggins, but I do think that it's good for him, and it's funny that these two teams even played in a playing game because they're both teams that are somewhat similarly searching for that third scoring option on the team. Uh, and so with Andrew Wiggins now being a part of that, I think that he's just kind of really needed to put himself in a position to where he's now on a team that are winners, that already have established identity, uh, that already have chemistry, uh, they're champions, and they, they play the right way. And I think that that's something that definitely helps for him. Uh, but as far as the Lakers go, I mean, I know a lot of people are probably really disappointed saying, you know, maybe games shouldn't have been that close. They never should have been in this position and so forth. But, um, you know, it, it, it's 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 going to be some they have the big they have the big red target on their back. You know, they have the bullseye on their back. They know that they got to go out there and, 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 and take care of business every single night. They're going to get everybody's best shot every single night. Um, as far as the Celtics, you know, that's one of those teams I'm just. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they've been trending in the wrong direction Enigma. Uh, lately. Enigma. If you're if you're expecting 50 points uh, in a win from Jason Tatum uh, with no Jalen Brown and a lot of people are questioning this, the job security for Brad Stevens right now, me included, wow. uh, then the expectations are high because they're another one of those high profile, uh, not just teams, but uh, 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 franchises, markets, if you will, that's used to winning. Uh, so they, that was one that they needed. I didn't expect for them to win that game. They won it. They're locked for seven. Wouldn't surprise me the least bit if they ended up going out in the first round and certainly within the second, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Cause they're going to get, they're going to get Brooklyn in the first round. And I mean, with no Jalen Brown, that's going to be a tough, that's a tall order. I'm more disappointed in Danny Ainge with the Celtics. I mean, I know Brad Stevens is getting a lot of heat, but Danny Ainge just refuses to make a big move. He's acquired all these assets over the last four or five years, all these draft picks, and he's never pulled that one trigger for that big trade. You know, I know this year they got Evan Fournier from Orlando. Whoop-de-damn-doo at the trade deadline. That ain't, that's a nothing, you know. Uh, you, to me, Danny Ainge, pull the freaking trigger. If you have to trade one of those guys, Jalen Brown or somebody to get – I mean, you got you to gotta change up this roster a little bit because you can't keep going with, with this same method of Tatum – Brown, Marcus Smart, the Robert Williamses of the world. You got to bring in another uh, another big player. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think that they need to start somewhere in the front court with one of the bigs. And then not only that, make sure that they can get the contribution out of Kimba Walker this right. time around right. uh, that they need to. Because, uh, you know, around this time last year, you know, they were one of the teams between them and the Miami Heat. Uh, that were the most amongst the most impressive uh, going in uh, or, or after a few games of the playoffs have been played at least one or two rounds. Uh, and with that being said, I think you got to start focusing on a big, you know, the Robert Williams and, and while he does have the good energy and Daniel Tice and some of those guys, that's all fine and dandy, but that's not who you are. That's fine and dandy if you're one of those smaller markets. 
but you are the Boston Celtics. Right. You got you go in their arena and you look up and and and, and your neck's hurting if you're sitting there counting all the banners. Uh, and and so some changes do have to be made. I would imagine that they will be made, but certainly Kimba Walker. Uh, didn't look nearly as impressive as right. I thought he should have and could have last year. He's going to have to make up some ground this year if they want to get back to where they once were. All right. You're listening to the powers on sports podcast. I'm Jason. We're with Deshaun Tate from Tate's take hoops uh, podcast is basketball, great basketball analyst and reporter out of the Atlanta area. Let's get to the Eastern conference. We're going to start to me. One of the, it's not a sexy series, but it's, it's cool because both these teams have kind of risen from the, from the ashes the Knicks and the Hawks. You're in Atlanta. You know, Nate McMillan gets that job about 20, 25 games into the year after they fire the, the Lloyd Pierce. They they go on a big run with Nate, Nate McMillan. Obviously, the Knicks with Thibodeau, real, real nice resurgence out of New York. The league is always better when the Knicks are in contention or in the or in the conversation. Your thoughts just on those two teams and that series. That's actually the series that I'm the most intrigued about and looking forward to. I think it's a toss up in the air. Uh, I'll be very surprised if that series did not go all seven games. Um, it's going to be a tight one. You know, you, you do have the depth of the Atlanta Hawks. You have the physicality and defense of the New York Knicks. Uh, and that's not a surprise because Thibodeau is leading the way. Uh, Julius Randle, obviously right. playing some of the best basketball in the NBA this whole year and especially with right now. Um, but I know Trey, I, 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 I know Trey Young on a personal level. So I know that he's, you know, got a chip on his shoulder. That's for sure. I remember speaking with him last year and how, uh, you know, personal he was taking it that he had to sit at home on his sofa, just much like the rest of us and be watching playoff basketball right. and wanted to be in this position a year later. And here he is. These are the two big surprise teams of the NBA. I mean, listen, if you would have asked me, because I actually for a lot of people, uh, especially with the Hawks that don't really get the national uh, recognition in terms of media and television games and so forth. Uh, but if, if you would have asked me coming into the year, because I know a lot of people thought they were going to be doing this last year, where I would have slated them in the playoffs if they made it uh, coming into the year, I thought at very best, which was actually being kind of generous, was a seven seed. Here we are looking at them at a, as a five very, very uh, close to have been a four. Yep. Uh, and, and this is a Knicks team that's that's rolling right now. I got to check on the injury status of Mitchell Robinson. Hasn't seen him a lot lately, uh, but certainly his energy and activity around the rim makes a huge difference. But Clint Capella's added some offense to yeah. his game. He looks really good. DeAndre Hunter is back. We haven't seen this Hawks team look completely healthy all season, considering the pieces that, that they have acquired. Uh, John Collins is playing for that big time contract that this series could be the deciding factor on whether he returns or not. Uh, and then even more so, listen, you got Derrick Rose there yeah. uh, in, in New York as well. And he's playing with a chip on his shoulder ever since he returned from those injuries. And has certainly looked like a different player uh, and playing with a lot of heart. So I will say all that to say this. One of the reasons that is probably the most interesting to me, not just because I cover the Atlanta Hawks, uh, but even more so because of the fact that you don't have a lot of players on either one of these rosters that have a ton of playoff experience. So it's going to be relatively new for a lot of these guys yeah. and not new at all 
for some of the others. Uh, and, and, and that's why I think just the, even the coaching matchup, I think, is for the most part pretty much even. Right. Nate McMillan has done uh, such a good job that ever since he got the job on March 1st, uh, that the Hawks have had either the best record or certainly amongst the best records in the NBA since he took over. So they're playing different. It's looking different, has a different feel, different vibe, different energy. And that's the one that I can't wait for the most. I guess if you say in seven games, which way am I going to go? Ah, that's going to, that, that, that one's tough. Uh, I, I want to go with the, you know what? I don't want to just throw something against the wall to see if it sticks. I haven't gotten to a decision on that one yet. Okay. Certainly before Sunday at seven o'clock rolls around, I have a decision made. So go to Tate's Take Hoops on the Twitter and I'll post it. There, there. you go. That a way to promote it. That a way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of these series, I mean, there'll be a couple, two or three of these series that'll go seven games. And like you said, that's probably the most even series in the whole East. Because in the East, you got Philly, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee, who everybody thinks are the three clear-cut favorites in the East. Um, you're going to have Philly as the one seed, Brooklyn, Milwaukee as the two, three. You know, I think everybody thinks one of those three teams is going to get out of the East. Who? How do you like to differentiate those three teams? Obviously, with Brooklyn, you have Harden, Durant, Kyrie Irving. You got Giannis in Milwaukee. You got Drew, Drew Holiday in Milwaukee. And then you got Doc Rivers, Simmons, and Embiid kind of leading the way in Philadelphia. Kind of what is your – how do you how do you see those three teams and do you have a do you have a lean one way or the other as far as an edge to one of those three? Here's the beautiful thing about it. And this is just the playoffs in general. This is also Western Conference teams, specifically Eastern Conference teams. Everybody's got something to prove. Yeah, everybody. I mean, Milwaukee certainly has something to prove after the last couple of years and not at least getting to the finals. Forget about just winning a championship. We're talking about just getting to the finals. Giannis Antetokounmpo with struggling from behind the arc, struggling from the from the from uh, from the free throw line. Uh, and, and they went and got Drew Holiday for purposes and reasons much like these. Uh, you do have a Bryn Forbes who can help them with the outside jump shooting a little bit more as well. Uh, so they have something to prove. Listen, you don't go and get, you know, Kyrie Irving and James Harden and LaMarcus Aldridge and uh, 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 Kevin Durant, you know, all of Blake Griffin. You don't go and get all of these guys so that you don't go to the finals and so that you don't win a championship. Right. They have to at least in my book go to the finals. So people were asking who won that trade, James Harden from the Rock. I don't we'll know until we'll we see. find out if they're going to win a championship. They the expectations for them to do it is now. Right. You don't go get all of these guys to win later. You go get all of these guys to win now. Uh, that's my front runner for the East. Uh, obviously, right now, I do think that there is some vulnerability at the head coaching uh, standpoint with Steve Nash, just because I'm still trying to figure out what type of X's and O's guy you are. You know, if are, 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 it, it kind of gives me the feeling of Jawan Howard over at Michigan. We knew what type of recruiter he was going to be because of the relationships that he has. But who are you on the clipboard? I think that's something that we're going to learn a whole lot about. Uh, by the way, when I was mentioning Milwaukee, uh, you know, Mike Budenholzer certainly has something to prove, yep, yep. if not nothing else, because, uh, you know, he, he's essentially looking like the Rick Barnes of the NBA. <laughs> really, really good, uh, really, really good regular season coach, but tends to lay an egg in the playoffs. Uh, and, and, and then you have, I mean, hey, trust the process. How many times have we heard that over and over <laughs> from the days of 
MB not being healthy and Ben Simmons being unhealthy for two years and then somehow miraculously wins rookie of the year. And then, you know, then the pickup of Markel Fultz and that not working out and all these different things. Well, now you got Doc Rivers, who's infamous as it seems, uh, to drop in three, one, you know, deficit leads in the, in, in the playoffs. So everybody's got something right. to, to, to prove here, certainly within those top three. That's the beautiful part about this year. Cause it has a really wide open feel. Uh, but if, if there's a front runner, I mean, how dare I not go with the team that has a wizard with the basketball and Kyrie Irving on it, uh, a lot of experience playing better defensively uh, on that team. And um, two of the best, probably what top 10 top 20 scores in NBA history between Harden and Katie. Here's my thing. I'm going to lean Philadelphia because I like rivers. I like Embiid. I like the shooting uh, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris. They've gotten some shooting around Embiid. I'm going to go Philly in the East. One thing that concerns me about Brooklyn, they've not, first of all, they, the chemistry of all three of them playing together hasn't been ver for very long. And two, now that it's really all on the line, who's getting the last shot at the last, in the last possession of the game when they got to have a bucket? Who is, I mean, is it, I mean, who is getting the shot? Is it Durant? Is it going to be Kyrie? Is it going to be Harden? And that dynamic to me is going to, is going to really uh, doom their fate. And I don't, I don't, I don't like Brooklyn on the defensive end. I think, I think they're they're poor at best, and that to me, I don't think Brooklyn can get through four different series on the defensive end. No, I totally understand that, and I'm listen. I can't be mad at you for feeling that way. I see a lot of the same things uh, myself. Um, and is Kyrie going to take I, a vacation, another week's vacation, because because of world events that are going on in the world? He got a birthday party to put on and have some personal reasons. Got to take a week I off. I. I know. I know. Yeah. It's crazy Come to on, even uh, think or just to even fathom that uh, it's really going to be about how important winning a championship is to That's these right. guys. Uh, and even more so, you know, like you said, developing, establishing the chemistry, who's going to be the guy to take the shot at the end. I don't know the answer to that. I, I think part of it depends on who's got the hot hand that right. night, uh, what type of play needs to be drawn up, what team you are playing in that situation, uh, uh, what, what things that you can expose uh, on the other team uh, and, and things like that. So I, I think that there's a lot of different things that you have to factor in a lot of different layers to that onion for sure. But the good thing is, is that at least you do have scores yes, to be able to put the ball in the I basket agree. versus not having nearly enough in that situation. However, if you don't go out there and get that basket in a crunch, you know, situation yeah. like that, then for sure you're going to get some criticism because you have those scores all on the same team. My quick, my last thing, Miami is a dangerous team in the East. They got some pedigree. They've got some toughness and some grittiness with Spolstra, with Adebayo, with those guys. They made the run to the finals last year in the bubble. Miami is a dangerous team that first round with Milwaukee. So be careful, Milwaukee. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it, it appears to have a different feel, a different team. Uh, to be a different team than it was from last year. Yeah. They're not going to surprise anybody this time around, but as, as good as they are on the defensive end, I don't think they're piss poor on the yeah. offensive end. Uh, I just think that you have some guys between Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson that hasn't had remotely close to the same type of years right. that they had a year ago. Uh, but I will say enough to say that they are that dangerous because of that, because they have the experience. They still have a chip on their shoulder. You don't think that people are just, you know, they don't hear people just writing them off like they right. didn't just come off of a finals appearance. 
Trust me, they do. And it seems as if everybody starts to overlook Eric Spolstra, this guy included. That was me <laughs> at one point in time, and it wasn't that long ago. But he certainly got my respect because I didn't know who he was without LeBron James and right. Dwayne Wade and some of those guys. He proved that to me, and that's just another reason why it's really kind of hard to discount uh, or discredit anything that he has done or anything that he can do moving forward. Because if the chips fall, just, if the wind blows just the right way, much like it did last year, we could see them get back again, if not nothing else, to the Eastern Conference Finals. Absolutely. All right, let's go to the West. Uh, the, the, the script is kind of flip-flopped. You got the young pups, Phoenix and Utah at the top, and you got the veteran championship pedigree guys, the Lakers and potentially Golden State as a seven and eight seed. Very difficult matchups if you're Phoenix and Utah. And then you have the Clippers just right there at the three seed in a kind of in a pretty good spot. And I think everybody wants to see Lakers Clippers, potentially a second round matchup. Just your general thoughts about Phoenix and Utah at the top of the, of the West. Yeah. I, I, I like, I, I've always kind of been somewhat of a Phoenix guy growing up anyways, for whatever reason, maybe that was something Kevin Johnson did to me, but yeah. um, you know, that, Tom that, Chambers. That, yeah, Tom Chambers, Marler, number 24. Thunder Dan. Dunk on you in a heartbeat. Yeah, Thunder that's Dan. absolutely right. You said it, Thunder Dan, uh, Central Michigan. But, um, you know, <laughs> I, I th- this, is, this is a very dangerous Phoenix team because yep. they are very mature. And I think of the, a lot of the reason of that is because they have Chris Paul. He goes somewhere, he makes everybody look that much better. We just saw that with OKC in last year. Um, you know, Devin Booker, obviously a great scorer. Uh, on that roster, but DeAndre Ayton coming along. Yes. Mikkel Bridges has been coming along. They've got guys that have been pretty consistent and persistent. Cam Johnson, I mean, they've got the pieces to be able to make it to the Western Conference Finals, potentially. Yep. Yep. Um, there's going to be some horses that are going to be standing in the way, but that's not any news to anyone because it's the Western Conference. It's hard for me to really buy into the Clippers. I'm going to be honest with you. It's been that way ever since I was growing up. And they haven't really changed that narrative very much for me at all. Um, So, you know, the Lakers, again, all of these teams are playing with something as well. We talked about that in the East. Everybody's playing with a chip on their shoulder and got something to prove. The Lakers clearly after winning a championship and trying to bring, you know, Andre Drummond over and so forth and whatever, what have you, um, you know, and, and obviously you have that. Uh, with with Phoenix, who went undefeated in the bubble last year and was just on the outside looking in, promised themselves a year later that they were going to get in and be dangerous. They have that opportunity right now. Uh, and, and then here you have Utah, who looks like they've been from start to finish, for the most part, played the best basketball in the NBA. There's yeah. a reason why they're sitting at the top of the Western Conference. The health of Donovan Mitchell, I right. think that that is right. going to come into play. Some of that being very questionable, but they got some of the best role players that money can buy. Joe Ingles doesn't miss games and he hits a lot of shots. Go Bear uh, on the offensive end, I think, can be very critical, making sure that he stays in the game and not in foul trouble uh, during very critical moments. Um, I, I think, like I think if, the Clippers, the, if the Clippers don't win two rounds, they don't get to the Western Conference Finals. I think Paul George is gone. I think they're going to trade Paul George. He is, you know, he claims that he's playoff P, but he hadn't been very, very clutch in the playoffs these last couple of years. So critical, critical playoff for Paul George and the Clippers. Yeah, for sure. They've gone from what playoff P to pandemic P and everything else. So uh, I will say that, 
you know, like I said, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He remembers all the things that everybody was talking about when he shot the ball and it ended up on the side of the backboard. Next thing you know, it's like uh, uh, the arcade game. What's the arcade game that you play at the arcades and it's <laughs> ping pong and back and forth. Yeah. I forget the name of it, but um, you know, uh, 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 I think that it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see it for myself. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I love the idea of, they're not being a clear cut favorite again. Yeah, starting to feel like, starting to feel like March Madness all over again. You just right. really, really don't know, uh, and, and that's probably the thing that I like about it the most. And then you got Dame, Lill- then you got Dame Lillard in Portland, who can who that's can right. go on a run like he's like he's done in the past playoff run. So great. I mean, again, you're right. The the West with is- the health with with a healthy Nurkic at this point. And McCollum, you're talking about health, yeah. healthy Nurkic. You get McCollum. You know, there's still. Yep. I'm feeling a little disrespected as a, a backcourt tandem. Uh, I'm not sure if Zach Collins is back yet, but then you still got Carmelo Anthony, yep. who has some things to prove. He wants a ring. Yep. This dude didn't come back just for the money. He came back. He's got he's got plenty of money. He wants a ring. That's right. I, 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 you know, everybody appears to be on that level getting one. Chris Bosh came in the same year he did. He got a ring. Uh, Wade, uh, LeBron, all his buddies have rings. Yep. Between him, uh, obviously, yep. between, between him and Chris Paul, these are one of the last, and this is why another reason why I love it. I didn't mean to get long-winded, Jason, but I get excited when we talk about basketball. Is that when when you have guys like Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony, this is a very intricate part of their career because if not this year, then when they yeah. may end up joining Charles Barkley and Ewing, and Carl Patrick. Malone, Ewing, Reggie Miller. They might be in the uh, uh, Allen yep. Iverson. They might be in that same conversation to yep. where they're on their way out without a ring. They have a chance to change that, and that's going to start this week. Yeah, and, and, and for, for just for sentimental purposes, I hope I hope Golden State wins the last play-in game and is the eight seed, just so we can get to see Steph play another five or six games against Phoenix, or and they, and they can win the series. Are you? They, they can they could potentially upset one of those younger teams. So with that championship yep. pedigree with with uh, Draymond sure. and, and Steph, so. Great points on both both sides are wide open. I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite. The health of Anthony Davis and LeBron obviously is critical for the Lakers. I don't think they're playing great right now, even when they are back. I think they're vulnerable. I mean, to me, it's not the same team as they were last year. To me, they're very vulnerable. I don't like – you know, I didn't like what I saw out of Anthony Davis last night a whole lot. But, um, you know, great, great analysis, great take. Give me a pick out of the West. Who do you like out of the West? Uh, I want to go with Phoenix so bad. Um, Monty Williams, head coach of the year, just got named coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's oh my god, this is so tight. Put me right on the spot. I'm, All right, who you got in the Western yeah. Conference Finals? Then just give me a Western Conference Finals. I think I'm gonna go. I think that I'm going to go Suns and Lakers. They won't meet up before conference finals, will they? I don't think so. I don't think the, so. The, uh, the Lakers are the seventh seed. They so will. See they the will. Yeah, so they're they playing will. the Suns so in the first round. Wow. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I, I can't go against LeBron. LeBron has been to this thing so many times. I don't even know where to start. Um, who's at that top half? That Utah. Five? Utah's the one. The Clippers are the three. Denver's the four. Denver, Portland, or Denver, Dallas, I think. 
Yeah, I think uh oh god, I forgot about Dallas. Oh my god, why Luca Luca Luca, I think yeah, this is gonna they be they can't so play no defense. To, they don't play they don't any play defense, any, they're gonna not get not a lick, not a lick. Um, I think I'm gonna go Denver, depending on the health of of um Jokic. No, is he is he is he is he out for the season? Jamal, Jamal Murray, Murray, yeah, Jamal Murray's done. He's, he's he's done, done for the yeah, year. Yeah, they yeah they can't do it. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to. I'm I'm gonna take to the finals. I'm gonna take Brooklyn and the Lakers. I'm gonna go Brooklyn and the Lakers on this one. All right, Lakers are not getting out of the West, in my opinion. I'm I, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take either Utah or the Clippers to not to. to I think it's gonna be a Utah Clippers Western Conference Final. Wow, that is interesting. If it's not the Lakers, I just I can't go against the Suns at this point. It's Lakers or Suns coming yeah. out. I think whoever wins, whether they play each other or not, yeah. I think that uh they're playing uh, each other I, in the first round. So one of them's go. gone. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm gonna take the winner of that one to come out of the West. There you That's go. That's I'm a good going. pick. Well, Deshaun, man, great work. Tell again, where where can people find you on, on, on Twitter? And one more one more plug for the podcast. At Tate's Take Hoops on Twitter, that is T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Uh, we like to hashtag it where basketball lives. Um, and uh, also be sure to subscribe. Leave us a, 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 leave us a, a, a review. Leave us up to a five-star rating. It's called Tate's Take. We've got awesome guests that come on. We're going to be recapping uh, playoffs at the end of every single night that a playoff game is played 15 minutes after. Uh, find it anywhere you find your favorite podcast, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Red Circle, Spotify, Stitcher, the whole nine. We stream live every Wednesday at 6 p. Uh, so please keep your eyes and your ears open for the best, the most entertaining, the most informational and the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. Great job, man. As you're wearing your, your Michigan State victory shirt, sitting by the victory pool, for MSU, sitting by the yeah, pool man. with I'm your sunglasses. Florida. I'm in Florida, man. I'm in West Palm Beach. Okay. I, uh, and shout out to my dude, TJ. I got to get up there to go visit him whenever I can get him to answer his phone. I know he's been busy. So uh, yeah. I've been in West Palm Beach here for about three and a half weeks or so and did nice. a little bit of time. Had a little bit of a little bit of fun in Miami. <laughs> uh, uh, but nonetheless, uh, I'll have to share some of those stories with you off the air. I was awesome, man. Great work. And we'll talk to you soon, man. Have a great week. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, JP. You got it. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.